the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel, Defender of Zion. Shalom. How are we to react to, let's say, a group like Hamas or other groups that they say they want to annihilate Israel? Or how are we to react to people in our own country who seem to want to persecute people who have biblical values? How do we respond to those who are politically angry at us and don't want to have a discussion? Let's try and answer these questions after we pray. Amen? Avinu Malkeinu, our Father, our King. Lord, it's all about you. Father, we have to learn, Lord, to put you first. And so we come to you this day, putting you first at this, in this program, and just asking for your anointing, for your the power of your spirit to just fall upon me as a speaker and everybody else as the listeners. That there would be a time where we would really sense that we are in the presence of the living God. So, Lord, we bless you. We praise you. We honor you. In the name of Yeshua. Amen. Amen. Well, a couple thoughts before we get started here. You know, Passover is coming up really soon. It's the busiest time of the year for us uh, doing all these Passover seders, but we love it. Are you interested? Your church, your Bible study. This week, our congregation is, uh, uh, this year, I'm sorry, our congregation is, is doing home seders rather than one large one. Would you like us to teach you how to invite people over, especially pre-believing Jews for a Passover Seder. Would you like to do that in your home? We'll be happy to send you out a packet and and help you. Uh, Look, this is what we do. It's it's great for Christians. It's great for pre-believing Jews. It's great for everybody. Passover strengthens our faith as we witness the faithfulness of God. It just... It brings it all together. Call us for information, 813-831-5673, or email me at rabbi at heartofmessiah.org. Now, you know I also do these 50-day devotionals, which will begin the day after um, Passover, and they're counting the Omer. If you want an actual book, let us know. And we'll get it out to you as soon as I'm finished with it. Probably we'll be finished with it next week. Um, 
The devotional, as I said, begins one day after Passover, but uh, it ends at Shavuot, Pentecost. We'd ask you to uh, buy it for $3 each, uh, but if you don't have the money, we'll send it to you free. That's not a problem. Um, if you want to buy 10 or 20 or 30, um, we, we'd love for you to give them out to others. We, it's a great way to share your faith, a uh, great way to talk about questions. I mean, it's just, it's excellent. So feel free to speak to Karen at 813-831-5673. And, uh, also, if you'd like to help support our radio ministry, that would be fantastic as well. We take prayers and we take finances. How about that? Um, don't forget to visit us on Shabbat, Friday night or Saturday, and uh, look at our congregational website for times and locations. It's shoreshdavid.org. We have four congregations. One is a Spanish congregation, so join us. Um, Again, we'd love to see visitors. So, beginning today, let me just start out by saying, bad things happen when good people say nothing. And yet, if you respond often with your opinions, often you are cut off from friendships and sometimes even family members. An example of this is how you feel about the vaccine, right? Uh, I know of people who have lost friends and family members over the decision to have the COVID vaccine or to not have the COVID vaccine. I know of a believer who's working with someone who said to her that he would pay her commission only if she renounced Yeshua. Yep, hard to believe, right? And I have a dear friend who works in Homeland Security, and she was chastised for leading a group in prayer before they began a meeting. I believe there are two things we've got to keep in mind. We must be civil. We are a reflection of Yeshua, the light of the world, and we must not be silent. We must represent biblical values to a dark and dying world. So how do you do those two things? We can't be silent, but we've got to be civil. This asks an unintended question that we have to answer every day of our lives. If we choose not to ask this question, we will automatically defer to the wrong answer. What's the question? Is God going to be first in my life today? Is God first? If God is not first, then I'm first. And listen, you have to make that decision every day. For someone who believes in Yeshua, obviously, with you being first, that's the wrong answer. I'm saying that my emotions and feelings are first when I put myself above God, right? Can't do that. I love the scripture in Micah 6.8, right? And God has told you, humanity, what is good and what Adonai is seeking from you, only to practice justice, to love mercy, which is similar to kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. 
Wow. That's a lot to think about. Let's look at the scripture carefully and understand what God wants for us so that we can understand how to respond to people. There are three words that we should focus on which will help us in all our reactions and especially what we say and how we say it so we can be civil. Number one, justice. Number two, mercy. And number three, humility. Justice, in its broadest sense, is the principle that people receive that which they deserve. What then constitutes deserving is the question, right? It is impacted by numerous things with many differing viewpoints and perspectives, including the concepts of moral correctness based on ethics Rationality, law, religion, equity, and fairness. For us, though, who are believers, justice is always accomplished by God. We're to be just based on what we understand from God's word. That will be justice if we follow his word. Proverbs 21.15, doing justice brings joy to the righteous and terror to those who do evil. God speaks to the one who believes and says, do justice. Genesis 18, 19, for I have made myself known to him so that he will command his sons and his household after him to keep the way of Adonai by doing righteousness and justice so that Adonai may bring upon Abraham what he has spoken about him. God says that Abraham is responsible for himself and teaching his family about righteousness and justice. And then God takes care of the rest, like Sodom and Gomorrah, right? (laughs) An excellent scripture to think about is Isaiah 117. Learn to do good, seek justice, relieve the oppressed, defend the orphan, Plead for the widow. Yeah. That certainly would be justice. Let's look at the word mercy. Let's define mercy in relationship to grace because they're often mixed up. Grace is courteous goodwill. It is not asked for, often not deserved, but it's freely given. So we give people grace. Okay? But mercy is the compassion and kindness shown to someone when it's within your power to punish them and they deserve it. It's an act meant to relieve somebody of their suffering. Mercy is when someone deserves punishment, yet you give them forgiveness. Okay, now this is something that is really, really difficult to understand. Let's do this one more time. Mercy is when someone deserves punishment, yet they receive from you forgiveness. This has a lot of ramifications. So scripture says we are to love mercy. See, it's a funny thing about that scripture, right? It, it really is because it says we're to practice justice 
but then we are to love we are to love the fact that we give mercy so we have to love forgiving people when they don't deserve it when they don't come to you and say oh i'm sorry you forgive them anyway Loving mercy takes away our thoughts or our deeds concerning revenge or even fairness. Loving mercy does not take into account that we were treated unfairly. Mercy is unmerited. In other words, you can't do anything to get it. It's given to you. It's a gift. The one who receives it does not deserve it. We're to love mercy and behave in a way that reflects mercy in our thoughts, in our words, and in our deeds. Lamentations 3.22 and 23 says this, Because of the mercies of Adonai, we will not be consumed, for his compassion never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Matthew 5, 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Luke 6, 36. Be compassionate, just as your Father is compassionate to you. Mercy is a beautiful thing that God shows us and directs us to in a supernatural way. It is hard for me to comprehend mercy without knowing God and seeking him first in my life. Let's look at humility. In the dictionary, it defines humility as a low self-regard and sense of unworthiness. Boy, do I disagree with that. That's terrible. But I'm going to read it again just so you know what it isn't, even though the dictionary says it is. Low self-regard and sense of unworthiness. Oh, no, no, no. Just the opposite, opposite. High self-regard and high sense of worthiness allows you to be humble. Okay. True humility comes from a strong understanding of who you are. Humility requires strength. Yeshua was humble because he could afford to. He knew who he was. He was God in the flesh, so he could be humble because all the strength that he had when he showed mercy and love, that came out of his strength. Biblical humility is dying to self, but you only do that if you are strong. Galatians 2.20, and it is no longer I who live, but Messiah lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by trusting in Ben Elohim, who loved me and gave himself up for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through Torah, then Messiah died for no reason. Make sense? 
1 Corinthians 15.31, I die every day. Yes, as surely as the, boast, as, as the boast in you, brothers and sisters, which I have in Messiah Yeshua, our Lord. Galatians 5.24, now those who belong to Messiah have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. Luke 9.23, then Yeshua was saying to everyone, if anyone wants to follow me, he must deny himself, take up his cross every day, and follow me. Humility requires great emotional and spiritual strength to depend on the Lord and not ourselves. Our responses to all things that happen to us must include justice, mercy, and humility. This is our beginning point. Okay, this is our beginning point. To summarize Micah 6, 8, and I'll use, I'll, I'll use Colossians 3, 12, and 13. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself in tender compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another, forgiving each other. If anyone has a grievance against another, just as the Lord pardoned you, so also you must pardon others. In order to accomplish Micah 6, 8 and Colossians 3, 12, and 13, we must put God first in our lives. What does God first mean in reference to responding to somebody who is really getting you upset because of what they said? Well, first, you got to spend time with God so you can hear his voice. Second, you listen for his voice before you respond. Third, you figure out if it was God that you heard or an alternate voice, you know, God is going to be scriptural, and sometimes he works through confirming from a spiritual friend you trust. Number four, do what God desires. What does God want to have happen out of this tragedy? Number five, be a godly example. If you're going to do something representing God, make sure that your motives, your thoughts, your actions, and your speech Represent the God you serve. If you do all these things before responding, you will not respond when you are upset or hurt. It will probably take you days before you get back to that person. Not a bad idea, is it, to wait a few days before you respond when you're hurt or when you're angry? Let's look at God's heart on this matter of responding to hurt or anger. First, how is God directing us to behave in all circumstances? We get that from Ephesians 4, 26 through 32. Be angry, yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, nor give the devil a foothold. Do you realize that anger gives the devil a foothold in your life? We know that all of us get angry, but it's what we do with the anger that turns it into sin. If we let anger continue, we will be in sin. If we forgive and not allow anger to fester, then it was just a temptation to sin. 
Our response determines whether or not we are in sin. Verse 29, let no harmful word out of your mouth. Maybe I should just stop there, right? (laughs) But only what is beneficial for building others up according to the need so that it gives grace to those who hear it. So in other words, be an encourager with your words. Don't allow your words to hurt others. Now, on the other side of this idea of of mercy, um, we have to say that if we realize we've hurt somebody with our words, we are uh, we should immediately repent. Verse thirty: Do not grieve the Ruach Hakodesh. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed by the day of redemption. It seems to grieve the Holy Spirit is when our words hurt other people. How's that? Are you willing to hurt God because you are hurt or angry? Hurt people hurt others. Angry people anger others. Notice this verse about grieving the Holy Spirit is sandwiched in between don't hurt others and your words and get rid of your negativity. This means this is a serious biblical issue that I'm bringing up. Listen to the words of verse 31. Get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger and quarreling and slander along with all malice. Instead, be kind to one another, compassionate, forgiving each other, just as God in Messiah also forgave you. It always seems to boil down to forgiveness. So, this verse now tells you what God wants. Philippians 4, 4 through 8 tells you how to do it. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. So you have to work on a rejoiceful spirit. And you're not rejoicing in the circumstance or about the person. You're rejoicing in the Lord. Number Verse 5, let your gentleness be made known to all people. The Lord is near. If Yeshua were on your shoulder or standing right next to you, would you know how to be gentle in every situation? Because the Lord is near, you can be gentle to everyone. That's why we have to continue to focus on God. Verse 6, do not be anxious for anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So you pray to the Lord, spend time with him, and petition, but you've got to petition with thanksgiving, because that'll keep you in the rejoiceful spirit. Ask God with a thankful heart. Your reward is in verse 7, that uh, which is, and uh, you know, you get the shalom of God, which surpasses all understanding. It guards your heart and your mind. And then finally, verse 8, brothers and sisters, whatever's true, whatever is honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, if there's any virtue, and if there's anything Worthy of praise, dwell on these things. And that's the key. You've got to dwell on what's true and honorable and just and pure and lovely. And, and whatever is, if there's anything worthy of praise, you've, your mind has to live there. 
and your mind will live there as you bring that scripture into your mind daily. Oh, I have no more time, but I'll talk about a little more of this next week. Look, I mentioned Passover is coming up. Give us a call, 813-831-5673 for Passover, for our devotionals. Look, if you feel this program's valuable, we appreciate your financial support to help us stay on the air. Uh, let me mention to come visit us, and let's close in prayer. Father, we just thank you and praise you for your word, which strengthens us and shows us your direction, your way. And now I pray for everybody who's listening that their first priority would be to grow in their desire to have a heart like Yeshua, the Messiah. I pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.